1: My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop myPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.
0: I'm Anushka Astana, and this is Today in Focus.
1: We're bringing you general election coverage. Every day. From Hartlepool. I mean the government talk about left behind towns and left behind places and actually that presupposes they were ever at the same starting point. To Belfast.
0: I'm old enough to remember getting on the bus and them coming on with sniffer dogs to find out if there were bombs under the seats.
1: We're talking to people and not
0: just politicians to really get to the heart of this election. Subscribe now wherever you download your podcasts. I'm Anushka Astana and this is Today in Focus. We're bringing you general election coverage... Every day, from Hartlepool.
1: I mean, the government talk about left behind towns and left behind places, and actually, that presupposes they were ever at the same starting point. To Belfast.
0: I'm old enough to remember getting on the bus and them coming on with sniffer dogs to find out if there were bombs under the seats.
1: We're talking to people
0: and not just politicians to really get to the heart of this election. Subscribe now wherever you download your podcasts. We all have those voices in our head that hold us back. The voices that tell us our past precludes our future that too much has happened or that we can't make a difference. But we all have those voices that dream and imagine the impossible and that provoke and encourage us to create the world we want to live in. Jean Lloyd is a communications provocateur who invites us to focus on and nurture those positive voices and to remember that language is a tool used to create, not destroy. The conversations we have with ourselves, whether self-defeating or emboldening, shape the world around us. And Jean is a communications master who has spent her life deeply to the emancipation of the human spirit. She suggests that reaching our goals and surviving and thriving in the world really all comes down to how we communicate. To start the year, we explore the difference between talking and communication, forgiveness and making peace with unanswered questions and missing apologies, the urgent, important, and lifelong work of being ourselves, and communication as the essential tool for our liberation. Importantly, in this conversation, she helps us redefine and reclaim power. Power is not, she says, domination, and it is not force. Power is the unleashing of our joy, our happiness, and the truest expression of ourselves. I'm Josh Rivers, and I'm Busy Being Black with Jean Lloyd. <laughs>
2: I'm so happy to be here. Oh, good! Last night I spent some time in Soho. I just think this is an amazing city. Oh, you
0: like Soho? I loved it. I love everything (laughs) I've seen.
2: I love the. I love Tube. The tube. Everything's so beautiful (laughs) to me. Really? I I know that may sound a little pretentious, but it's real.
0: No, it's, it's it's wonderful
2: city. Oh. I would gladly come back.
0: Well, I think for many of us who live here, we might feel a little beleaguered, <laughs> but... <laughs> a little but run down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, So you describe yourself, Gene, as a co- uh, communications provocateur. Yes. Unpack that for me.
2: Well, someone who's a provocateur is somebody who um, pulls forth, calls forth, evokes something powerful. So I'm evoking a new realm of power for people to communicate into. And be able to support them in distinguishing the difference between talking versus communication. Mm. Very different experience. So I'm, I'm literally causing that to come forth and evolving it into its fullness, provocateur.
0: And, and what drew you to this?
2: I think I've always been um, in a romance with language. You know, I think from the day I was born, it was always about um, listening to the elders and the language they were using. And it was always fascinating to me. I didn't always understand what they meant, but I could hear the wisdom in it. So it was kind of funny. Other kids are outside playing, and I would be right there in the kitchen listening to my parents or my grandmother and just soaking in this this experience of what language can do. Mm. And that when When language is used in its purpose, which is to create you get a different life than when you're trying to survive it, and how we survive life is we talk, we say whatever we have to say to get what we want and to please people or mm-hmm. to get certainty or to somehow survive what is coming at us, and people have a lot coming at them in the twenty first century there's lots of noise everywhere, you mm-hmm. know. There's the things on the internet, and then there's what's coming at you on the streets, and then there's the stuff that's coming at you with your kids, your family, your work. It's just bam, 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 right? And it's point blank. It's immediate. And communication is where you're able to make sense out of what really matters. So I provoke people to stop listening to the noise and start to listen to
0: What am I here for? And so was there something within those conversations that you were listening to in the kitchen (laughs) among the elders? Were there truths that kind of revealed themselves to you through their language?
2: Yes. Um, My family's very spiritual. They were always um, trying to find a way where there was no way. Like living a full life, protecting their kids and creating something meaningful. And we were always told we were leaders and so I was raised to be a leader and I was told that at an early age so it had me listening to different people so <laughs> I know this is going to sound funny but I would look at TV and watch Walter Concrete I would look at TV and watch John F. Kennedy or Martin Luther King it's like I said it's not that I understood everything they were saying but I could get what they were saying right 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 you know, does that mm-hmm, make sense Totally. and so that's yeah, that's that's what um, had me kind of follow the journey of language. How do you have your words create something rather than destroy it? And how's that manifested
0: in your in your own life? Well, I mean, we'll get to what you do for other people, but how, oh. how's it, how's this uh, how's this manifested in your life personally?
2: Well, early on, um, I was always asked to do things, um, and I, I guess I'm mm, the language was. Jeans are old soul, <laughs> right? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but really, what it was uh, is um, they how it manifested at a young age was particularly in church because I was young and there, in Sunday school, you always had to have somebody go up in front of the church and represent. Yes, ma'am. Right? <laughs> so, so I had to go up in front of the church and tell everybody what we learned in Sunday school that day, mm-hmm. and you know, you have like two minutes. So, you're, tr- you're thinking about what is the thing you want them to know, right? So, it's kind of like I got shaped by language. And I was always looking for how do I say this or how do I share this where people get immense value? And that's at a young age. And then it just kept evolving in school. They always would say, okay, Gene. Can you go support the young ones? So let's say I was in the third grade. I'd have to go downstairs with the kindergartners and work with the kindergartners and support them. And, you know, and then when I got a little bit older, it was go downstairs and support the third graders in math. Right. But it was always this, Gene, would you do X? And I would always say yes, because to me, that was my opportunity to learn more about being a leader. So you're not born a leader.
0: Well, it's interesting that you had that insight at such a young age.
2: Yeah, it's because the parents kept saying you're a leader. They kept saying, we're grooming you for greatness. Wow. You see? Mm-hmm. So the language shapes people. It's not you're born a leader. Right. It's that you're developed inside of a ram? Like some people are told, you're a great dancer. Or they'll say, you're a great writer. And then sometimes people say things that are very negative. You're a loser. Mm. You're 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 bad. See that shapes you. Language shapes us. So I chose to study language and how it impacts people's ability to be themselves. But first, I had to find a way to get okay about me, because we're human. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that um, also shaped me very deeply was I was I always went to schools that were integrated. And usually I was one of the few blacks in the school. And I saw myself wanting to be invisible, like be a part of what everybody else is. You know in school you want to belong. Yeah, you don't want to sit out. <laughs> you don't want to be sticking out too much, right? No, ma'am, no. And, um, and, I, and I saw myself develop physically faster than the others. And so I kept trying to figure out how a way to disappear mm. and just become a part of things. And then I started to realize, well, how do I, how do I get through this? Because <laughs> I cannot hide. Right. <laughs> so I, I walk in the room and they're like, I'm black. You yeah. know. It's not like I can hide. Yeah, you know? yeah. like, oh, my God, how do you fit in? Yeah. And then I found a way to bring leadership. It was the most interesting thing because maybe I, I don't look like you and maybe I don't think like you, but I can empower you. So I became, I always was the leader in school. So they would be like, we want Gene to be the president of the student council. It was right. always, "Jean, can you go up front and t- give us some words of wisdom, you know? And they would call me Big Mama wow. because it wasn't the size. It was the authority. power yeah. and the sense of authority, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... um then I learned how to bring some humor to it because I noticed that kids would get really upset. So I learned how to be funny, to kind of lighten things for them and help them be, a, you know, accepted and be able to be themselves, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So I, I started to see my personality begin to get shaped by what the people needed, which is really what leaders do, is they kind of find a way to open up things and bring leadership to it so people can find their way. That's why a leader's very different from, from people who are uh, followers mm. or participants in something. A leader just keeps opening up the, the possibility of what could be. And I learned to do that by just being with others. It's an interesting phenomenon. You find yourself studying things in a different way because you're concerned for how your classmates going to make it? How are you going to make it? Mm. How's your family going to make it? So you start looking for narratives of ways to express yourself.
0: It's such an interesting, it's such an interesting perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. This idea that this idea that you might look to others around you to, well, what I'm, I'm going to shape myself based on what you need. Which I mm. think perhaps runs counter to where we are now. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> which that's, is, which t- seems to be, even the leaders among us, which really seems to be, I'm doing this for me, and if y'all follow, y'all follow.
2: Ooh, that's not leadership. Right. That means, that's more like a dictatorship. Leadership gives everyone a say. And now, I'm not saying this is the easy thing, I'm just merely saying, if you're committed to something, you find a way where there is no way. Because people didn't always agree with me or even like me. But it was more about I'm more interested in your worth as a human being than I am in you liking me. Mm. Oh, say that again, I'm more interested in your worth? As a human being than you liking me. Because love is a far more powerful force than liking something. Love, you you don't strangle people With your view, you bring acceptance and love into the conversation no matter where they're at. And it takes something. Yeah, it's a tall order. Yeah, it's a tall order. It's a tall order, order. and I prefer the tall order because it means my aliveness I'll never lose no matter what my age is. I'll always be robust and powerful in my spirit no matter what happens. So I can't help but thinking
0: of, or imagining what your experience must be like as a black woman and how you managed to engender that love in a world that might often reinforce this invisibility you tried to avoid growing up.
2: It takes tremendous courage because um, you can't really make a difference for others until you're willing to be with your own fear in your own unhappiness, frustration, and loss. And um, the, the suffering that's in the world, you can't tolerate it if you can't even get a hold of your own suffering and be able to somehow make sense out of things. So I my the way I live my life is what supports me in developing myself as a leader. Mm. Because I'm observing my own experiences my own um angst, my own breakdowns, but also my own joy, my own happiness, and then when I see it in others it's it's not foreign to me because I've found it in my own self because we are all really one species, it's a human species, yeah 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 right,
0: yeah, and so this recognition of 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 the suffering of the pain of the joy of the happiness of the potential. You're saying recognizing that within yourself allows you to, A, see it within other people, but also to perhaps make space for it in other people. Absolutely. And within within, or around yourself, I mean.
2: That's well said. Thank you. Yeah, you have to grant space. You got to grant. We call it granting being. Granting being. Yeah. Like where they're at is where they're at. Mm. Now what? It's not about trying to get people to be somewhere. Right. Like be where you're at and get where you're at. That's all about you. But I have discovered the more I put my attention on others, the richer my life gets. Attention on yourself is going to make you miserable because it's gonna all be about you and all that power goes right back into you. And power has to, has to exist out in the world as power, not as force. Force is not power, domination is not power. Power allows for what is so to be so let it be baby let it be <laughs> i
0: i like this idea of power being out in the world and, and being something that it allows for other people because it's probably not how we understand power in the 21st century
2: oh wow with the
0: abuses of power and violence and domination and and actually i think as, as queer black people we often have this conversation around reclaiming our power and finding our way in the world and, and finding a way to do that for other people. And so it's encouraging to hear you say that, that power is not perhaps as we've learned it.
2: No, it's unleashing something. You're unleashing your commitment, you're unleashing your happiness, your joy, you're unleashing uh, your expression of who you are so each person has their own expression. Oh,
0: agency as well,
2: power mm-hmm. is agency. Right, so you're not, um, power doesn't need to, to um, own something or to change something. power is about allowing for something to be and then looking together. That's why communication is the only way. That is the answer to everything. I am convinced of that. Communication is where you get the experience of love. You don't get it any other place. What do you mean? See, if I'm connected to you, and you're connected to me, love is present, and that's just the way it is. It's not a feeling. What is it? If it was a feeling, you wouldn't have any any say about it because we don't have any say about feelings. They just kind of land on you. Right. Right? (laughs) It's it's, It's fleeting. It's like it comes and goes. One minute you're happy. One minute you're sad. Okay. Well, Well, love is something that happens naturally because we're connected. It's just a natural expression. So then it
0: might be helpful for us to understand love as you understand it.
2: Okay. So... Right now, you and I are in this conversation together, right? And I'm digging you and you're digging me. That's right. We're connected. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Love is present.
0: Right, but okay. But what I mean is, if love is not a feeling, what is it? Connection. It's a connection. Okay. It's
2: being connected. See, right now, people are losing their humanity. And we're losing our humanity because we treat each other like objects, like a thing Mm. to order around, to push around. You know, that's why we have all these movements like Me Too and all of these people that are now going, I'm standing for myself, dadgummit. You know, and they're getting forceful because they've forgotten that we're still human. And there is a way to get connected so we can get this sorted out. But as long as you're a thing or an object that I got to handle, you're going to lose your humanity. Right,
0: and because actually our response I keep saying "our" and "we," but I mean it collectively, Of course. Right? Just because I'm not alone in the world, um, our response can can sometimes be reducing someone else's humanity too, Survive. right? To say I have been objectified and therefore I'm going to objectify you. That's right. Instead of instead of thinking about. How to connect? How to connect with them? Okay, interesting. Yeah, actually, it, it, my one of my favorite um, activists is, is um, Paulo Freire, the the Brazilian um, educator, and he talks about the oppressed being the transformation. Like the the oppressed, wow. the oppressor will never free the oppressed. They don't have the capacity. It falls upon the oppressed to liberate themselves and the oppressor, right. I feel like this echoes that, right? exactly that this this idea of love, yeah, is you know it stands whether or not the person across from you is demonstrating love
2: now, R- right or no. Well, let me say, uh what you're pointing to, I think it's extraordinarily powerful because you can only be oppressed if you say you are, oh okay, yes
0: language. You might have
2: to qualify that. But. Yeah, I will. Okay. So if you say it, that is how it's going.
0: Oh, That's okay. the
2: power of language. So, you know, in the beginning there was the word. That was one of the first verses I learned in Sunday school. In the beginning there was the word. If you stop and you look at that, we can't do anything without words. Everything is begins and ends in language. Right? So oh. if you say you're oppressed, all your actions, your mood, your attitude is going to be about being oppressed.
0: Yeah, I hear you. It, now, it changes not, your your focus. Exactly.
2: The lens through which you see everything. Exactly. Right. But if I can get myself free, then I can not only free myself, I can free the oppressed and the oppressor. So are you saying it's it's as simple as not as simple as rather
0: but this this change in language might move from i am oppressed towards i am pursuing liberation
2: or i am free i am free right but so it's almost like um the only jail that can truly exist would be the jail you put yourself in
0: right cuz if if you if you if you begin to believe all the hype That that you're hearing about yourself, right? Or that that we hear as black people. Well,
2: let's look at black people.
0: Yeah. Yes, let's.
2: Labels. (laughs) Look at the labels. Mm. You know, black women are this way. Yeah. Black men are this way. You are this, you're that. We got all kinds of names, Mm -hmm. which we don't even have to say them. It's right there. Yeah. And listen, here's the interesting thing about language you're born into it. It's not you got here and then all of a sudden you're black and you created the entire culture. No, you're born into what has ever been said about being black. Right. Everything that's ever been said about being gay, you're born into it. If you say you're gay, every communication that's been said about gays or blacks are already there. Mm. Now, you... If you're not present enough, you'll get pulled right into that maelstrom.
0: Yes, yes, totally. So
2: as a provocateur, my job is for you to start to examine those conversations and only own that which you own. See, because here's the real truth. Who I am is about freeing folks. I'm the emancipation of all human spirit, Mm -hmm. and that's what I give my word to. I don't give my word to you're this You know, you're female. Yes, I'm female. And what's that got to do with being a leader? Right, right. Yes, I'm black and I love being black. Trust me. I love my culture. I love everything about it. But that doesn't define me. My word is what creates my world. My word about it all. And my word is to make a difference. And my word is to to support people in finding their voice. That's Mm -hmm. my word. And I'm female, and I'm black, but that doesn't define me. No, That's something that I enjoy as an expression of being a human being.
0: Okay, great, I'm glad you said that. Because I just had a conversation with um, Alex Reeds, um, the podcaster and content creator. And I said, the loci of my experience Mm. is blackness and queerness. <laughs> like, I don't know who I am without those two things, right? And I certainly don't know who I am with, at, without that intersection, at that very specific place that those two things collide. And I asked Alex, do we exist outside of this? Right, Absolutely. outside of our blackness? And we so do. I love the way you've described that. Yeah. That, that it is... It, um, it's an expression. It's an expression of...
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's an expression of humanity. So our cultures, our communities. Oh, that's just lit me on fire. I love it that. It is on fire yeah, because yeah. now you're not in a box. Yes. You get to express it. That's why, that's why we need our artists. We need our writers, our singers, our rappers. We need to be able to express all that we are. Like there should be no edges to your humanity. Yeah, yeah. And so it really is, as a provocateur, I'm like, come on. Come on and play with me. Come on now. Right, come on out of there (laughs) and enjoy being queer, enjoy being black and be real clear, there's so much more to you.
0: Right, yeah, oof, yeah, this is important. Yeah, because you're not,
2: there's so much more to you because um, you have to include the humanity. Humanity likes to label. You have to include that. It's not like, oh, I'm not black. Right. Okay, <laughs> now you're gonna sound like cuckoo, yeah, yeah, no, it's really okay, I'm including that and accepting that that that's how you relate to me, but let me show you more of what I can be right. Let me show you more about who I can involve to be, and let me contribute something to what you see about humanity my mind is a,
0: is a literally a buzz, yeah, because I'm thinking about the conversations I have with queer black people and this kind of aching and pushing to be understood for more than the blackness and the queerness or the transness or the womanness or what have you. And actually there seems to be a great deal of lamenting about that process. Like, I wish I didn't have to keep convincing people that I am more than this mm-hmm. or convincing people of my humanity. <laughs> and I feel like what you might be saying is that this is this is this this expression of who you are is always going to be a part of this. Yeah. Right, So there's an acceptance that comes along with that. And actually, I'm thinking now, if, if you have to keep agitating for someone else to recognize your humanity, you're probably speaking to the wrong people.
2: Or you're not clear about who you are. Okay. See, no one can take me from me. And that's a day in and day out journey. That's not a, you get there and then you have arrived. That's the power of being human because... The great thing about being able to think, so what I really train people in is how to think about things and how to connect the dots. Mm. In other words, how to um, find their way in the dark. That's what a provocateur does, is I'm in the dark and I don't know how to turn on the light, right? But that's only because you haven't been able to, you have everything you need, it's, say, it, say it again. You have everything you need. <laughs> you just don't have it connected upright. Mm. And that's all I do is I help people connect the dots. They're left with themselves. They're not left with me. Real leaders don't leave people with, you got to be like me. No, you got to be like you.
0: <laughs> yes. You got to be like you. <laughs> yeah, and what's the you
2: over there that wants to come out that can get something expressed for the time you got here, right? Yeah. So it's it's more about allowing yourself to create something in language. So when you're talking, you're not creating anything. It's all about labels. It's all about descriptions. It's all about surviving what people may think about you, survive what people uh, may feel about you. And none of that... It it doesn't leave you but enslaved in something, in a box about something. Mm. But when it's about I'm communicating with you because I can, then it's beautiful because now you're creating with them something in a communication versus trying to get somewhere, trying to uh, survive something, have some agenda. You know, I got to sell 10 cars today, you know, (laughs) instead of see communication wouldn't be about selling 10 cars today. It would be about, let's find something that's a real fit for you today. Right. Tell me about your lifestyle and what you want. Then the buying of the car is not so much about buying the car, it's about finding something that uplifts you, that's inside of the world that you're creating. It's not marketing, it's opening up something for folks. And they're like, you know what? I think I want to do this because it fits what I'm building. And so what would you say to people, because I hear this all
0: the time, I'm not a writer, I'm not a good talker, I don't have the language for this. So when we talk about communication, it might feel for some people unreachable or something they can't do. So what would you say to people who, for whatever reason, and I and I trust it's, um, I, I don't believe those reasons to be true, but for whatever reason they have in their head that they're not a communicator?
2: Well... Communication is never about a not. It's never about? A not, N-O-T. It's okay. always about what is. So we don't use um, superlatives like the best or the worst. There's no comparisons in communication. There's just right. what you're up to. Right right? right. right. So if somebody says to me I'm not good at something, I don't listen that like they couldn't be. I hear that like they're not interested. See, you're always really good at what you're really interested in. Mm. And the things that you're not that good in, it's not because you can't master, it's because you're not interested. So then I'll start asking you, well, what what lights you up? What are you passionate about? Oh, I love cars. Or I love beauty. I love dancing. Then we talk about that. We don't talk about the knots. So it's, it's really, well, what are you for? That's the conversations I have. What are you for? If it's not that, then what are you for? Because I'm not going to work on what's not that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a lesson for all of us, in fact.
0: (laughs) So in the conversation that we had um, before, the the two sessions we had, you said you were going to help me complete something.
2: Oh. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I imagine there is a difference between complete and closure, um, but explain that because I think that many of us are looking for answers, we're looking for apologies. How do we complete this? How do, what's the difference between complete and closure?
2: Closure is about it's over, <laughs> I'm done. Every time you say that, it stays around because now you're not free to be but what actually happened. So it's no longer you holding on to it for dear life by saying, well, I did it and it's over, it's over, it's over. (laughs) And the more you say it's over, the more it is now here again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So when something's complete, there's an acceptance and you don't even remember you did it because it's that complete. Like, you know what, I really did that. Now, what are some of the things I need to say or do, if anything, to have it be Totally complete.
0: And I can vouch for that because mm-hmm. actually saying that allowed me to, to, to complete what I did, That's the right. role that I played. That's right. What I get, mm-hmm. you know, flashes of or, or the role that other people played, and that I'm trying to complete now, right? That's the next thing. It's like I right. made peace with what I did. I take responsibility for that. I'm okay with that. And now it's to reconcile other people's behavior, which I can't control, and so that feels like a whole other well, thing. I, but...
2: The reconciliation isn't about um, them being some particular way, but there may be something you need to say to them to acknowledge something or to ask forgiveness for Mm. that has it be complete. Interesting. So you're looking at the relationship itself to see if there's anything now that must be said for this to be complete. And you're okay about what they say about it. Oh right, because you will have to remove your expectations. Oh yes. Right, okay. <laughs> and be okay. And right. like I've had people say, I don't forgive you. And then I was like, you know what? I, I, I get why you would say that to me. And you know what? When you're ready, I'm right here for you. That's big. That's you know? mighty big. And it might be okay. They may never forgive me. But I got I got enough love for both of us. And I'm okay about that. And when you're ready, I'm right here. So you see how complete that gets? It doesn't have all that residue.
0: It calmed me down and we didn't even you didn't even hurt me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. All right, right. Um so one of my favorite writers, um, Hari Ziad, wrote um this beautiful piece called My Queerness Won't Let Me Give Up on My Queerphobic Parents. So I'll read you this 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 um this bit. I didn't have the answers they were seeking. I didn't have the words to explain my queerness as being more than a same-sex attraction, my gender as being neither male nor female. (laughs) I didn't know how to talk about the sexual violence I experienced as a child and what this violence did or didn't have to do with my sexuality today. But now I know I'll never have all the answers and how to be okay without them. Now I know that not having these answers is part of what queerness is. Of course, my parents could not love this part of me because they do not even know living without answers is possible. So I, I, br- I thought of you when I read that because it speaks to living with unanswered questions, which in some in some ways must need some sort of completion on our end. But it also speaks to living among the wounded, um, among people who bring with them to every interaction, every conversation, everything that's happened, what the world has taught them to expect. Many people who are listening to Busy Being Black will know what that feels like, these unanswered questions, the queerphobic parents, the violence. And so what would you say to people like Hari who carry all of this stuff with them and are are in some ways trying to make peace with?
2: I think um, the only way to make peace is accept where people are at about your life and fully accept what your life is for you and have the courage to carve out your life and be okay about what they're saying or not saying. Um, That to me is peace beyond understanding. You're always gonna have people that don't agree with you, that don't feel that you're making the right choices, that have some kind of um, advice for you, and for me, the only thing to do with that is to get it and do nothing with it hmm. and be yourself. Being yourself is a lifelong journey because we're born into families that have their own moral codes, family who have their own religious beliefs. There's all kinds of mores um, and codes of conduct out there, and you've got to carve that out for yourself. And have the courage to do it and take no prisoners and don't retaliate. Accept the fact that's where they're at and still be yourself because that's where there's peace is in being yourself. Don't do things that um, take away other people's freedoms or rights. But you have uh, the unquestionable birthright of the human spirit is within you. And it's your job to call that forth. your humanity. Mm. That's your job. There's nothing to prove on this planet.
0: A sermon. That's a sermon. Word. (laughs) Word. Nothing to prove.
2: There's nothing to prove. And there's nothing to survive. Well. That's all an illusion. The only thing you need to be doing is creating what your life is for and empowering, bringing power to yourself. Being at home with yourself, that takes work. Yeah,
0: that is that is the work. It is capital the work. Capital C, capital W.
2: And it's from birth to death. Yeah. Because we're always going like I'm moving into another stage of my life now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm now I notice I'm real interested in legacy. I don't want to die with everything I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> now how do I get everything? <laughs> yeah. Out. Pass it on. Yeah. Right and empower folks with it. Some people don't want it. That's okay. I'm looking for the ones that do want it. I want a revolution with regard to communication. Like you're at where you're at and I'm at where I'm at. Let's have a conversation. Do you believe in common ground? Say more about what you mean when you say common ground.
0: When we're on opposing sides, let's take any political situation. (laughs) Oh yeah. We're on opposing sides. Is there common ground? Is that what we're looking for?
2: Yes, because you're... I don't have to change your views. Why do I need to change your views?
0: Um, because your views might cause harm to people I love.
2: Well, if it's harmful, then we're going to look together. You're going to tell me what you think I'm doing that could cause harm, and we have a communication about that. You have to work it out in communication.
0: Um, Oh, of course, because of actually what we're seeing now is people saying, my way is the right way. That's right. The other person saying their way is the right way, and there actually is no compromise. Or is compromise the right word? It could be
2: compromise, but it it really is. We're going to work it out. And the truth is, if I'm in a conversation with you, I'm going to ask you first, are you willing to work this out with me? And I'm interested in this because I think Again, bringing it back
0: to Busy black, busy being Black listeners, this often feels like a fight for our lives if we think about our trans siblings uh-huh. who are being murdered at an unimaginable rate. Uh-huh. It literally becomes a fight for lives. And so the, the attendant anger that comes with that, right, with the diminishing of our humanity, with politicians making reckless decisions about anything, everything, it doesn't often feel like we have time to... Sit across from someone and say, Let's work this out. Because <laughs> I, I understand how powerful it is, but I can imagine for it might feel a bit soft.
2: It's not kumbaya at all. <laughs> I mean, if you look at me, do I look like I'm neutral about anything? No, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. You know, I will take a stand. Yeah. But, and then sometimes I might even say, What do you mean? You know, and get a little toot and the head is moving yeah. left and right. right? <laughs> and then I step back and go, wait a minute, what they just said has some validity. What are they pointing to that has me so agitated because it's so right? You only get upset when you know there's a kernel of truth in there. So you stop to look now. When you're interested in communication, you slow your roll and you really look. Tell me more about what you mean when you say that. And don't dismiss it. And it's interesting, if you're willing to do what I'm saying, you'll start to see there is a way where there is no way right now. But it can only happen if you're willing to get the other person's view.
0: Right, and so again, it's it's exercising that agency to know with whom you're going to have that conversation in the first place. Yeah, so right, I will actually right, right. say,
2: okay, are you open to having a conversation about this? Like, open. They say, no, I don't have it.
0: Yeah, we probably don't even do that. I don't do that.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't get people in a <laughs> unless com- it's for the podcast, and I'm like, let's have a conversation. But <laughs>
0: I've never really sat down with someone who I've disagreed with and said, "Are you are you open to having a conversation about this?" I just yeah. I'm guilty of that. I definitely of thinking, ask you're an worse. idiot, and my idea is right.
2: Yeah, and then you end up having a war of words. Yeah,
0: right? and a war of eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, throwing shade. Word, yeah.
2: right? Yeah. But. Once we say okay, they say yes. I'm open to it. Then we start un- unraveling, unraveling the the, the ball, of, you know the, the 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 you know the gnarly conversations. See, because I'm gonna be honest with you, communication's about uncollapsing things. Mostly, when people are upset with someone, they never listen to them in the first place. They slapped their meaning of what they said on top of it. So I'm going to pull that apart and say, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. this is what I said. What did you make that mean? Cause it, And then they tell me, I'm like, that's not what I meant at all.
0: Right. What did you make that mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a great question. I, I didn't even say that's that. That's a great question. That's
2: not what I'm saying to you. I am saying to you something entirely different. So there's an intention in communication that's not there in talking. When I'm communicating with somebody, I'm intending that they get what I'm truly saying. Not what their headspace is saying I said. And even now, if somebody says, you said X, no, I did not say that. You never heard me say that. Right. Now, one time did I say that. Right. I'm saying what you said was not factual. I did not call you a liar. Okay, yeah. Very different <laughs> communication. Two different things, yeah, of course. So, so communication is more about a, a honoring of what comes out of your mouth.
0: Oh, I like that.
2: Right? Yeah. Because once it comes out of your mouth, you can't take that back. I know. All right? So now, and me too, Yeah, I've made a lot of mistakes. Mm, I think we all have. Yeah. yeah, but as a leader, you're not even related to it as a mistake anymore. You're more related to it as this had to happen for me to learn a lesson. For me to be able to get responsible for something I've been taking for granted, and so I'm always in training. Mm. I'm a master at communication, but th- but I'm always in training. That's why I'm a master.
0: Right, right,
2: right, right. Because I can always go back and say, you know what, that was a mistake. What I just said. Let's relook at this. Because I g- I now I get what you was trying to tell me that I couldn't hear before. So I'm constantly opening up something, not shutting it down. Uh, of
0: course, because when we miscommunicate, that is, often, that is, so, that is so often the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are not addressing this we again. we dropping the mic, I'm baby. leaving. Yeah, 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 yeah. But actually what you're calling us to is, is to reopen that conversation, to, to reflect upon it. Because we, we are honoring, communication is honoring what we say.
2: Yeah. What comes out of your mouth is sacred. It's not just a throwaway. Because every time you say something you're creating a world.
0: And I suppose not only what what comes out of our mouth, but what we say to ourselves as even well so. inside is is sacred.
2: Yes, because communication um happens before the words come out. Yeah. Like you know have you ever noticed how people read each other? See, even the way you're walking communicates, what you're wearing communicates, mm-hmm. um, what you eat, everything communicates in my world, right? But long before the words come out of your mouth, it's already there. The listening is already there. The realm of where you live and where you think from is already there. So the words are almost um, a throwaway in a very real sense, because you can say "I love you" and you look looking at them like you hate them.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes.
2: So your communication um, encompasses an entire world. Your mood is there, your attitude, your worldview. I include all that. And then I'm listening for what is the authentic communication? What is it they want me to get? And that's beyond the words that come out of your mouth. Because we struggle to get the words to match the human experience.
0: Well, that leads me to my next question. How much of this, how much of communication is linked to emotional literacy, to knowing what the feeling is in the first place, being able to locate what it is in the first place?
2: Know thyself. Mm. You have to know yourself. That's the whole journey. The highest level of integrity is knowing yourself. And that's a lifelong thing, like really knowing what your limits are, knowing um, what your commitments are, you know, knowing the impact you're out to make in the world. Know thyself. Mm. So then that's where your emotional literacy would come from, because you start to get interested in, huh, where's this mood coming from? And I'm not speaking until I get clear about what is this mood that's overcome me, because I'm not speaking from my mood or my emotions. Those are, we can't control that. It's not a reliable place to communicate from because we can't control it. Like nobody, I choose to be angry and messed up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I choose to be an emotional wreck today. Nobody chooses that.
0: Right, right, yeah.
2: So I can't use that. So I got to look at first.
0: Oh, I can't use that. That's, a, that's right. A, that's simple. And yeah, I can't use. Yeah, it. I can't use that.
2: I got to get present at, to what's really going on with me before I even engage in a communication like that. Like, you are not mostly we're never upset about what we think about what we think we're upset about.
0: Oh, that's the truth.
2: So you have to stop and actually think before you let that come flying out your mouth. Yeah, because. But, when we talk about triggers,
0: mm-hmm. it's often not even ha- does has nothing to do with the person in front of you who said something that triggered you, but rather what they said that makes you think about yourself or oh. that recalls something that happened to you. That's right. And then you take it out on them because they're sitting in front of you. They triggered, right? I, I feel
2: that. Now you ready for this? You could be triggered about something that happened to you when you were three years old. You could be triggered about anything. Somebody walks past you with a red scarf on. You remember the red scarf that your boyfriend wore the last night y'all were together (laughs) 10 years ago? We don't know where these tricks... Yeah. Because we have a brain, okay? The brain stores everything. Yeah. That's why you have to think before you open your mouth. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds simple, but it's... It's work. Yeah. But the world of communication will set you free because you can even say, you know, right now, I'm not in a position to answer that. Give me a minute to collect myself. Let me think about that. Yeah. And I'll get back to you. Or, listen, I'm really a mess right now. You know, I just got off the telephone. And I had a big fight with my daughter, and I'm upset. But see, that's, that communicates versus just say a whole bunch of stuff to hide your authentic feelings. But you, you're communicating to contribute, not to just get something off your chest. So talking is always about getting something off your chest, which I don't recommend. Because how you feel one minute, you may not feel that way in the next, and you've already said it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's understanding what we need to say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I say need to say, mm-hmm. it, I imagine you're saying that it's, it's after we've processed what it is we're feeling and where we are.
2: Yeah, and it's sort of like contributing where you're at, not getting it off your chest, you know, where I'm at right now. It's not a good place. Oh, you know, Will Smith said something about this, about how he and Jada fight.
0: And he says, I'm not gonna be able to show you the respect you deserve as my wife right now, so I'm gonna leave the room and I'll come back to you. Yeah. Like, it's okay for us to say, I don't have the answer right now. Or I'm I'm not prepared to have a
2: conversation about that. Right. Because this is so not working for me.
0: Mm.
2: Let me, give me some space. (laughs) So you're contributing your humanity. It's not you're stiff and always appropriate. You can actually be (laughs) angry and have the best conversation of your life because you're intending something. But you're not out to break somebody with your words or to bludgeon somebody or make them be the way you need them to be. But it's about contributing the frustration. I'm just so frustrated, I don't know how to even, Construct a conversation that's worthwhile here. Right. But see, that's communication. There's no malice, no trying to get even. It's being authentic. I'm thinking about
0: so much. Yeah. Because you've really, uh, yeah.
2: Because I like like people when they're just being real. Mm. But they're not being real at the expense of someone else. Yeah. You see how quiet the space is. That mm. that's communication. It has a real nice silence to it. It's like this <laughs> sweet space where anything can be said.
0: And well I'm thinking about the wep- the weaponization of words,
2: mm-hmm. that that's talking. It's always like a weapon. You know, trying to survive something or fix something, and, or get out of something. That's or, right. So, or. D- mm-hmm. Because I remember,
0: uh, I remember the way that people teased me when I was younger about the way I spoke. Called me an nigga. <laughs> that always really bothered me. I've been called that a few right. times. <laughs> <laughs> and it really bothered me. And I kind of recoiled from intellect for a long time. I didn't want to be, it really frustrated me. I didn't want to be smart.
2: Yeah, you know that's part of being uh, growing up. By the way, is it? Yeah, the uh, you really want to belong, especially in the teen years. That mm. whole period's about belonging, mm. and you'll do anything to belong. Yeah, right. Yeah. So th- and then once you get be, let's say into early adulthood, that's when you're really striving to find your voice. Because mm. remember, you've been in a state of dependency. Yeah from birth up until now you're at the house, right?
0: Yeah, just kind of thrust out of the
2: house and yes. told to figure it out, yeah. <laughs> right. And now the next 20 years, you're gonna pretty much be trying to figure out, who am I?
0: Well, you know, there was this recoiling from the intellect, and then I, I, was, I had this job where I felt like people insulted my intellect all the time. And I confided that in, to, in, to someone, and they said, yeah, but you don't demonstrate your intellect, right? So like, <laughs> how can someone be, <laughs> they don't know it's in there, I know it's there, but you don't show it. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't do it right. And I have started to embrace that intellect and my love of words and language and writing and books and moving back into that. And it's helped to give me um, the tools to be able to communicate with people in a way that is um, generative. Yeah. (laughs) I love love that word generative. That's good. It's one of my favorite words. It's a wonderful word. It just does what it says on the tin. Um, but also I think of the times when words can be weaponized, and not in the kind of grotesque words that people that people deploy, that I have deployed in the past to demonstrate anger or to call attention to myself, but rather how we use the words to keep people away, mm-hmm. to protect ourselves.
2: Yeah, that's all pretentious. Yeah. See, human beings can tell... Um, when you're not being yourself. We, we actually have a, a very strong radar. You can tell when somebody's putting on airs or when somebody's um, trying to survive something in a, con- in a conversation. But when you're able to be yourself, it has this really kind of delicious, free experience and expression to it. And it has no concern about whether you make a fool out of yourself, it's more about what am I intending in my communication. So it's a communication's a very freeing experience. It's where you're able to connect things and create things in language. Um, so but you will have people who are extremely clever mm. that can use it'll sound like the like it's a authentic proposition, but they've already figured out how they're going to get you to do something. Yes. So that's how not how to win friends and influence people. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's all strategy. Yeah,
0: that's all. Yeah, that's not communication, though. No, it. Right. no,
2: because it's all about getting somebody getting some, somewhere.
0: Right, getting what you want. Um, Nayira Wahid says, "Pick a word like you pick a melon. Examine its skin, its weight, its viscosity, its sound, its texture, its ability to be juice and meat." Ooh, right. Ooh, <laughs> I love that. Oh, doesn't it just make you feel? (laughs) Gina's dancing. I'm doing the happy dance. Isn't that beautiful? That's it.
2: That's it. And then the fun part is having more and more of that every day. See, because then you would be standing and then surrounded by love. That's what that poem was like. It's like I was immersed in a realm of love. And because it had such a beautiful, creative nature to it. Yeah, and it's
0: it's that thoughtfulness, right? Yes. And also it's a cultural reference that we understand deeply. But oh, yeah. th- that pause that you take to check in more modern terms or more Western and white terms, the avocado. Right? <laughs> 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 and <laughs> you're testing its firmness and not that one and you're going through, you spend longer looking for an avocado than you do choosing your words. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, it, but it's uh, a freeing of the mind. Mm-hmm and it's being able to uh, create your experience and to embrace your experience because there's days you wake up into just this state of mind that's not that great. But you can always call forth communication and create something like you just did with that poem. Mm. You know, and people do it all the time. They meditate, they, they, they go to their Bible, but there is a way to bring yourself forth and in, in, in times that are very difficult.
0: I, so many of us will be looking ahead today mm-hmm. and thinking about what we want for ourselves this year. And for a community of people who are constantly searching, reflecting, exploring, writing, creating, and trying to define, find, and be themselves, in a world that often tells us not to be or not to do, what might you say to them for this year? What, what might you have them reflect upon this year?
2: You gotta look and see and find whatever you need to do to have new habits of, of speaking and listening. That's what you must do because if you, the way you listen impacts everything. So you want to start this year exploring how you listen that makes your world small. And start training yourself to be a very generous listener. So that the communications, when they come out, those communications serve something, not survive something. And there now, this is a journey you have to take on for yourself, where you're Really someone who has a real commitment to communication versus talking. To close, I ask all of my guests the same question. Uh.
0: (laughs) Uh. What do you hope for?
2: It probably won't happen in my lifetime, which is okay. What I hope for is a world where people will resolve things in communication and um, no longer use force. And stand for the dignity of the human spirit.
0: That's beautiful. That's what I hope for. Thank you for being here.
2: It's such a pleasure. You're just so, you're so great to be with.
0: Jean Lloyd is a communications provocateur dedicated to helping leaders around the world emerge into their potential. She'll be hosting a series of webinars throughout 2019, and you can find links to her work in the show notes. Busy Being Black is the podcast exploring how we live in the fullness of our queer black lives. Thank you to our partners, UK Black Pride and Blackout UK, and to you, the listeners. Remember this, your support doesn't cost any money. Retweets, shares, ratings, and reviews all help, so please keep the support coming. Finally, thank you to Anthony Giles, a queer black Grammy nominated producer based in New York City for these bomb ass, busy being black beats. Ashe.